0: The Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Lots and lots to sink our teeth into today here on Steelers Standard. I'm Tom Opperman, and I'm always joined by my partners in crime, Kellen Gursky and Jacob Reck. Do you guys want to start with the crime to the roster management that the Steelers have been doing, or do you want to start with the actual crime off the field committed by
1: maybe a Steeler? Well, a lot of criminal be, activity. Choose your own going adventure on. story today. What yeah. did you say? Said a lot of criminal activity going a on. A lot of criminal scene?
0: activity to different extents, but yes. Does anybody want to choose that adventure? I mean, no? I think
1: the more pressing one has to be the on the field. On action. the field. Yes. Let's
0: start with Steven Nelson then, Jacob. Because
1: it, it affects us. Mo- it hurts more. It hurts to more.
0: It hurts more. You can definitely, you know, there's a more tangible thing that you can address here because there's more things you can predict off of that the other situation with chase claypool there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of unknowns still but steve nelson was approached by the steelers and said hey it might be in your best interest and our best interest for you to go out and explore a trade uh about a week in limbo after that where steve nelson finally tweeted out earlier this week something along the lines of stop holding me hostage right following that the pittsburgh steelers granted Steven Nelson his release. So Nelson is free to sign with anybody he wants. The Steelers save cap space. That's the only thing they get back in this deal. They aren't able to trade him and get some actual pieces or assets back in return. So Nelson walks. He's a free agent. He can sign anywhere you want. And now the Steelers have Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton, Justin Lane, and Jason Pierre as their cornerbacks (laughs) right now on the roster.
2: Yeah, um, that doesn't exactly... Sound very um, appetizing to me. That doesn't sound <clears throat> very good to me. I mean, I will say that if, if Hayden and Sutton are your, are your one and two, you can live with that. I think I don't think that's a bad uh, cornerback tandem at one and two. I, I think you can live with that. But the problem is, is the guys behind them. And you illustrated it, it's Sutton and it's Pierre. Um, or it's uh, Lane and Pierre. Um, we don't know that much about Justin Lane. Yeah, I mean, he is in year three, and this is the year that if you're going to prove something, this is the year that you do it. This is the year that you show it. But the unfortunate thing is is that we don't know that much, and he really hasn't done anything other than special teams in the time that he's been um, a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, he hasn't been asked to do a whole lot, but um, then the same point can be made for James Pierre. He is a pure special team player special teams guy and now you're asking him to be the fourth corner he's gonna have to play both of these guys are gonna have to play considerable minutes and considerable more minutes than they did last year um it's not exactly a good look for the Steelers uh corners um because man we we talked about how um you know how how interesting this team would look when uh, we expected it to be Joe Hayden and Steve Nelson as the one and two. We said, well, what happens if somebody goes down with an injury? Um, at least you'd have Sutton or whoever they sign. And now it is Sutton to be the, 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 you know, that, that backup that steps up. But now if, if either Hayden or Sutton goes down, you're going to tell me that James Pierre or or Justin Lane is going to be the number two corner. I, I mean, yikes, that's not good at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately that's what the Steelers are left with. And, as Callum pointed out, I, I don't think a Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton starting two at cornerback is that is all that bad. I actually like Cam Sutton's upside, everything we saw from him. I mean, that's why the Steelers kept him over Mike Hilton. They obviously felt he was the better guy to have. He was the better guy to fit the system. And he was a better guy to get the starting position. And honestly, if... If With the Steve Nelson news, if I were left to decide between starting opposite of Joe Hayden, between Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton, I would rather Cam Sutton be starting because I think Mike Hilton is more of a true nickelback kind of guy than he is a starting cornerback. But unfortunately, Kellen, you're right. I mean, what you're left with beyond Sutton and Hayden is not much. Now, an interesting aspect
0: about this move, I think, is before Steve Nelson was released and he was on the roster, you had Hayden and Nelson on the outsides, and when you had Nickel, Cam Sutton was going to be your slot mm-hmm. corner. Now, and I was listening to Dale Lawley say this on the Mark Mann show earlier this week, when Cam Sutton would go down in that scenario that I laid out, hypothetically Steve Nelson still being here, the backup Nickel would have been Steve Nelson. He would right. have had to slide into that role, and an outside guy like Pierre or mm-hmm. Lane would have sure. to step up and play outside, so... Now what you have is Hayden and Sutton starting on the outside. When you want to go nickel, you now have to bring Cam Sutton into the slot because Pierre and Lane are too tall to play slot corner. They're not slot corners. They're outside guys by just the build of who they are as people. So now you're setting it up for whenever you want to go nickel, and the Steelers love to. It's been one of the most dynamic parts of their defense for the past couple years. You're taking your starter in Cam Sutton and bumping him inside because he's the only one that's capable of playing that slot position, and you're forcing a Lane or a Pierre <laughs> to have to play. Right. So I get that your starters, quote unquote, are Sutton or Hayden, but when you really look at it, they use nickel so much that Pierre, three guys are yeah. starters, Pierre, Pierre or Lane or is going to have to be, starting, be yeah. one of the starters on the outside when they bump Sutton inside. Injuries also now could have a bad trickle down because the person who's more qualified to play the slot after cam sutton is minka fitzpatrick and you'd have to bring him up from safety and like dale alluded to you know minka was great at playing slot corner he did it a lot his rookie year in miami but the problem is when you put him there you take him away from center field which is what he wants to do and what the steelers want him to do
2: i think the biggest thing that we're saying here is that This move, losing Steve Nelson and not getting anything back for him. I think that's, you know, that's a huge part of this, too. Yeah.
0: When he was out for a trade, I was hoping maybe like a third, fourth string corner on another person's team. Or or a draft pick that you could
2: use to get a corner that could come and help you. I think that would have been, you know, huge. Um, But now that you don't get anything for him, this has a huge trickle down effect on the secondary, and um, you know I think a lot of people are, are trying to undermine it and saying that it isn't as big of a deal as everybody's making it out to be. But I mean, when we talk about the the you know the four cornerbacks that are going to have to play on this team, um, or at least the only ones that are on the roster right now, you have two decent starters, two good starters. And then the other two, you know, they're, they're career special teams guys so far. That might be a little bit unfair, as I said to Justin Lane, because he's only been in the league for two years. But, um, you know, like you illustrated, those those two guys are going to have to play an increased, uh, an increased role. And I don't know if they're ready to do that yet. And again, that's going to have a huge trickle-down effect, not only in the secondary, but on the entire defense.
1: And I think another point to the starter versus backup conversation is when we were going down the list of all the guys the Steelers have lost as starters on defense, we included Mike Hilton in that name of, in that list of names as a starter. So I think it only, to that point, speaks volumes to the, the conversation of if you bring in Camp Sutton on the inside, I mean, that's taking away a starter. And Justin Lane and James Pierre are going to be de facto starters for this team at some point.
0: Now, they saved cap space by cutting Steven Nelson, so it's not like it's a complete wash where you just cut bait with somebody and you don't get any benefit to it at all. They also restructured Eric Ebron's contract uh, earlier uh, this week, which made him give them about $14 million in total cap space to work with now, uh, the Nelson cut, and Ebron's restructuring got them there. So – they have some money to play with. They obviously are going to need to sign their draft picks. So, you know, 4 million, 5 million dollars of that 14 million roughly that they have available is going to have to go to that, but they can make some signings in free agency. There's still some interesting cornerbacks out there right now. Uh you got AJ Bouye who played for the Broncos yeah. last year. He's still on the market. Uh, Malcolm Butler, one of the most famous plays in the Super Bowl. <laughs> He's still out there. He played for the Titans for the past couple of years. Uh Guy we talked about on our previous episode of Steelers Standard, Richard Sherman. He's out there still. He's around $9.9 million, though, per year. I don't know if you want to pay that much for a 33-year-old. Uh, Casey Hayward, who the Chargers walked away from, he's still out there. And the oldest one on the market, the most seasoned guy, uh, it's actually a tie. you got Josh Norman and Jason McCourty mm. both still out there as well. And here's the thing about all those guys I just named. They might be bigger names than Steven Nelson and have more recognition for fan bases across the country. But as it stands right now, I think Steve Nelson was probably better than all of them, and he's also at the very least two years younger than the next closest Mm -hmm. guy in A.J. Bouye. Everybody else I just mentioned is in their 30s. Nelson's 28, so if the Steelers were to go out and spend some of this cap space on a Bouye, on a Casey Hayward, I would still— Be pretty upset with the way that the roster has been managed, especially in that cornerback position, because, yeah, you go out and you get a new position of need and, you know, you're not having Justin Lane have to step up and be that outside Mm -hmm. corner when you want to go nickel. Now you can slide in a bouillet or Hayward. But I would just sit there and say, why didn't they just keep Nelson then? If this was what they did all along, why did they cut Nelson and go out and get a mildly cheaper, much older option to play corner? It just doesn't make sense.
2: And I think part of that, too. So is, I don't know
0: if they're going to do that. To
2: no, I don't I don't expect the Steelers to go out and sign one of those guys. I mean, if they do it, that I mean, that is a good sign. I mean, I think they do need cornerback help, so it would be addressing a need. There's no question about that, but I think the – the bigger thing about it, and to your point of why didn't you just keep Nelson, is at some point you're going to lose Joe Hayden. It might be next year. So now you're really in a hole when you look at the cornerback position. I know it's a year away, but just say if this is Joe Hayden's last year in Pittsburgh, which some people thought last year was his last year in Pittsburgh, you're going to be losing him at some point. Then, man, you you look at that cornerback position, and it's Justin Lane and Cam Sutton and James Pierre, and that's all you have? Oh, boy that's even worse than the position you're in right now. Right, and no matter if the
1: Steelers bring in any of those guys that Tom just listed. It's probably a one-year rental. Exactly, and along with those guys, it's it's nowhere near the level of cornerback play that we saw the last two years, or two years, I believe, is all Steve Nelson was in Pittsburgh for. But, yeah, losing Steve Nelson is just, it feels like the biggest blow because uh, losing – Bud Dupree was inevitable, and we knew there was no chance, basically no chance of him coming back. But Steve Nelson, we thought, was a virtual lock to return. And even though Tyson Alu also came as a shock, I think Steve Nelson's impact, uh, leaving that cornerback, leaving the secondary unit kind of grasping for straws uh, just at one injury, I think it's the biggest blow this defense has had this offseason. Yeah, well, with Alu Alu, there was, you know—
0: Thought heading into the offseason that he could leave and that mm-hmm. it was going to have to take an effort from the Steelers to bring him back. Steven Nelson was on the roster, right. had a contract. Didn't seem like it wasn't any was wrong. threat yeah. for him to have yeah. it leave the Steelers, other than if the Steelers or him asked to leave. And right. as we find out, that's that's what yeah. actually played out. Would the tune be a little different though? if this was, say, Joe Hayden that they decided to cut or if it was Joe Hayden that they approached and said, hey, try to explore a trade, and then when that doesn't work out, they end up cutting him because we talked about cutting Joe Hayden to save cap space in a previous episode that we did, and you can listen to all our episodes at Steelers.com. But Joe Hayden's getting older. He's 33 years old. Kellen, like you said, he might not even be here after this year because his contract's going to be up, or he might just retire because he's getting to Rat. that point in his career and his play is kind of starting to drop off, so... You look at Joe Hayden, he's kind of on the dissension of his career, and not to say Steve Nelson is ascending, but at least Steve Nelson is probably playing within his prime right now. Oh, and by the way, Steve Nelson was a little bit cheaper than Joe Hayden. I think the tune would be a lot different if, say, this was a Joe Hayden cut. We'd be saying, hey, you know what? They are a little thin now. They only have Steve Nelson and Cam Sutton, but you know what? Joe Hayden was seasoned, go into the draft and get a cornerback, and Have Nelson and Sutton be your one and two next year. But instead, with Nelson being the one that they chose to leave, I think it just completely shatters this defensive backfield. And there is no real, you know, glass half full way of looking at it. (laughs) No, I mean, Hayden, there was at least the glass half full of, okay, he's older. They're going to try to rebuild that secondary on the fly here a little bit. Maybe next year they spend some cap space on a 27, 28-year-old right. who's out in the market and pair him with Steve Nelson for the next couple of seasons. But instead, now, like you said, Kellen, it's not just Steve Nelson that you lose this year. Joe Hayden, his time is numbered here.
2: Oh, at some point, it's it's going to happen, right? I mean, it's only a matter of time, and Hayden is only getting older. Um, That's not to say that he hasn't played well here because he has, but – uh, at some point, yeah, I mean, he's gonna end up leaving, and um, whether it's you know due to a cap cut or or just him retiring, it, it's very possible that it could happen this year. Um, but I do think the tune would be different if the Steelers cut um, Hayden rather than uh, rather than Nelson. I do think that it would have a a, a, huge, a hugely different impact on this team because yes, you would still be losing a starter, and the cornerback position would still be ultra thin. But at the same time, you could see that the Steelers, you know, were trying to get younger if if that move were to be made. You could see that, okay, yeah, this year might be a little rough in the cornerback room, um, you know, but you could still sign a guy next year, which, I mean, truth be told, they could still do that next year anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, They have enough cap space, and the cap is going to boom next year. Mm -hmm. So the hope is, obviously, that, yes, you you, you know, you go through the growing pains this year – and then next year you can get you can bring another guy in. You could sign somebody else. That is the hope. But um, you know, this year I, I would feel more confident in having Nelson and Sutton than than Hayden and Sutton. And that's not a slight on Joe Hayden because he's been great here in Pittsburgh. It's just that at some point in time, his play is going to take a step back. And I think it did take a step back last year, not in a huge way, not in a super impactful way, but at some point that is going to happen. And I don't think Uh, When you look at Nelson, I don't think his play was taking steps back. I I think, you know, teams didn't really throw to him a lot. And that kind of gives you an indication that he's doing a good enough job. And I know he wasn't as good as he was in 2019 last year, but I don't view I don't view his performance last year as making him a descending player. I I think that seems to be the theme um, from a lot of people in Pittsburgh is is that, that the Steelers saw um nelson as a descending player and i don't see that he's only what'd you say he is like 26 28 years old 28 so he's in um, his prime i'd say right i mean i don't think he's gonna take a a, a huge step back in just Mm -hmm. one year i I think last year
1: on on another team yeah used differently
2: sure but i just think his i don't think his play proved to me that he's a descending player um and again i just think the Steelers kind of made the wrong call here um but granted i mean to play devil's advocate here I mean, if you look at the Steelers and if, if Lane is, is is as good as they think that he's going to be um and, and Sutton is as good as they think he's going to be, maybe we're, we're you know we're laughing at ourselves for having this conversation a few months down the road. But at the same time, this conversation needs to be had right now. Well don't forget. They were high on James Pierre at the end of last year, too. Right, I mean, so he didn't play a little he bit. He was
0: getting more run at that corner position yeah. in Hayden's absence than uh, Justin Lane was.
2: When, so there you go. I mean, maybe he steps up. I mean, that that's a very, that's but a again, very possibility. But again, last too. year when
0: Hayden went down, it was Nelson, Sutton, Hilton mm-hmm. before you even got
1: to a right. laner of right. Pierre. That's if you right. even did. Then. I mean, yeah. you, you rarely saw that. But I think it's interesting, too, to point out that Joe in Joe Hayden's four years in Pittsburgh— the first two were, were significantly worse. You want to talk about ascending, descending types of play. Joe Hayden, I think, fed off of Steve Nelson. I think once Steve Nelson arrived in Pittsburgh, Joe Hayden kind of elevated his play to another level. And I remember thinking in those first two years before Nelson got here that, yes, it was a good signing, it was a good guy to bring in, and I'm talking about Joe Hayden, but he wasn't really making a difference. He wasn't be, He wasn't the Joe Hayden that you had seen early in his Cleveland career, and you thought to yourself, okay, maybe Cleveland was on to something by letting this guy go. Maybe he's not that great anymore. But once Steve Nelson came in, I think it was something of a security blanket for Joe Hayden, and he was able to kind of focus purely on himself rather than the whole field or the whole cornerback position because he knew he had a guy in waiting opposite of him. And I think when you take away Steve Nelson, it could take away some of the level of talent that you saw out of Joe Hayden these past two years with Nelson on the field with him. Well, one thing we have to address
0: before we wrap up this episode of Steelers Standard, and we're only going to take a couple minutes to talk about it, but the the off-the-field stuff is still prevalent with the Pittsburgh Steelers. TMZ released a video of Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool appearing to kick someone in the head outside of a bar fight. Uh, I believe it was actually earlier this month that that video. Yeah, it was like two and a half ago, ago, yeah. yeah was when that video was taken, and it just recently surfaced. Uh, Look, I mean, you can't kick a person in the head. I mean, I understand that there was probably circumstances surrounding that. Maybe that person on the ground said something to Claypool that no one should ever say to anybody. Maybe that he did something to Claypool's friends, family. You don't know what the circumstances are surrounding the fight. When you're Chase Claypool, though, and you're an NFL wide receiver, kid, you got to (laughs) stop, take a quick second to just... Look at what's happening in front of you. Take a deep breath and walk away because you have so much more to lose than anybody else that's in that fight right now. Right. Uh, And then the going up at the very end and kicking the guy on the ground in the head, that's something that the NFL is going to look at and the Steelers might not suspend you chase, but the NFL might give you a couple games here because that's just conduct detrimental to the league and you're on film doing it. Look, if you're on film just around the fight and you know, you, get in there and kind of try to break it up but mainly you walk away you're not going to get suspended in fact people are probably going to commend you for trying to break up the fight of course i would still be sitting here saying hey good on you for trying to break up the fight but next time just turn and walk away and get out of there man you don't be the story you don't need to do this you have way too much to lose like i said but him coming back throwing that kick into that guy's head That's something the league offices are going to look at, and now your off-the-field stuff has hurt this team because they might be starting week one or week two without your services. So, hey, thank God Juju's back because they could have been really hurting for the first couple weeks at the wide receiver position if we – expect the punishment from the league to be what the league actually hands out
2: yeah i mean i don't know if he will get suspended for it who knows fine is at least coming I think. yeah i yeah. think so There's, the league is gonna
0: I, again i don't know if the steelers do anything beyond having a stern talking no. to. but i think the league steps in and says we have to at least make an example out of this somehow
2: right i mean i, th- I think that's a realistic possibility don't get me wrong but i don't know i, I just look at it and, and if you're claypool like you said um or if you're any nfl player like i think I think a lot of these guys uh, have a, have a feeling of invincibility and they feel like they can get away with anything and they can just act as normal. Like they're still in college or like they're a normal, you know, human being, but here's the thing. I mean, I understand that they are human beings and I understand that they have lives outside of football, but When you're a professional athlete, you cannot put yourself in positions like that. You You have to
1: have the wherewithal.
2: Right. I mean, you have to have the self-awareness to realize, hey, anything I do, there's going to be a camera. Every person on this earth has Mm -hmm. a camera in their pocket. Everyone in the United, almost everybody in the United States has a phone that can record video and can be sent out anywhere. Um, So you have to know, like, I cannot put myself in these situations, um, you know, and I mean, you could say what you want about Claypool kicking the dude in the head. I mean, I think that's an ultimate kind of like punk move. The dude's on the ground and you kick him. um, And it makes you look even worse when you're an NFL player and you do that, when you're a professional athlete and you do that. Um, You know, I know that Claypool's young and he has, you know, a lot to learn. He's only been in the league for a year. But this can – I mean, this could be a a valuable learning experience for him because, again – you're a professional athlete. You cannot put yourself in those situations. You have to hold yourself to a higher standard than, say, us three in this room. Because if us three in this room got into a similar situation like that, sure, we might face some legal trouble if that were to happen. But it's not all over TMZ. No, yeah. one's,
1: no one's talking about it except for the three of us giving each right. other crap for doing right.
0: so. I, 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 we're giving each other crap, and you know we might have a court date later where we have to figure out sure, some fines right. or, or something that we have to pay. Or, or maybe we do get a little bit of jail time, but— no one, point no one is, knows about no it except one knows for, about like, it. our lawyers, and that's about it. Exactly, or, or our group of friends yeah. that were there during the fight, and then it's just a story that you have for the rest of your life. Mom and dad
1: are disappointed, but that's about that's it.
0: That's it. I mean, <laughs> you, you're not even threatening your, your job finding out about Probably it. Probably not, right. You know what right. I mean? So with Claypool, it's everywhere for everyone to see, and once they identify you as Chase Claypool, that's when it just goes nuts because – If that's just a regular fight, you know, that's something that maybe goes out on YouTube and barely gets any views or or maybe it does go viral, but not to the extent that it would once they point that arrow, stop the video and say, ding, chase Claypool and clearly identify him. Mm -hmm. And then you come back around and you give that guy a nice kick in the head. I mean, kicking someone in the head is you can really call that a felony. If you wanted to. Depending on the damage that you you can cause. You could kill somebody by doing that if you land that kick in the wrong place. So that's an extremely dangerous thing for him to do. And it's a bad look for the Steelers. I think,
1: too, it's such a weird double edged sword for these guys who choose to not, you know disregard they choose to disregard any negative effects of their actions because I, you look at what they do on TikTok and they love it they they know the power of it they know the power of social media and yet tom they go out and do this stuff they they go to a bar or they go wherever this fight broke out and they become the story how do you not know if you're if you're so aware if you're so about your brand and trying to create a brand on TikTok on Twitter on Instagram whatever how do you not have the wherewithal to say oh This is definitely, in this age of technology, in this age of social media, this is definitely going to get put out there, no doubt about it.
0: Not only that, this is something that they go over in colleges before (laughs) these players even get to the NFL. Once you get to the college level and you're playing on a school like Notre Dame, even if you're not Chase Claypool and you have no NFL aspirations, you're still one of the most popular people in the state of Indiana if you're just on that football team wearing those colors. They teach you from that age, hey, like Mm -hmm. you need to be aware social media day and age. There is a camera everywhere. That's something that colleges drill into these players. And when they get into the pros as rookies, they have their rookie mini camps and they have these meetings, I'm sure, where Mm -hmm. someone from the Steelers organization comes in and says, hey, there is a camera everywhere. You are a Pittsburgh Steeler like this. You are a in this city. You're a massive figure of interest, but also across the country. Like you have to be aware of this. You have to you know have a fan
1: base. If
0: yeah. you're in a situation where you can stop, take a look around and say, is this not the best thing to be captured on camera? Walk away from right. it. And that's just something that again, he's super young, so you're gonna make mistakes. But this coupled on, like Kellen said, all the TikTok and the branding stuff, and saying that the biggest thing he learned from Juju last year was how to brand himself on social media. Bob Labriola writing a story for Steelers.com saying they want the off the field stuff, they want the diva stuff to stop at that position. And then especially.
2: A, two weeks later, two this weeks happens. later, this
0: video pops yeah. up. It's just also it's I more think of it's, the
1: same. I think it's crazy to think that this is another negative or another con in the Juju and Claypool column, and yet we have heard nothing from Deontay Johnson and James Washington. No, it's not. It's not the fact that they all have these problems. It's the fact that these guys are repeat offenders when it comes to off the field distractions. And it doesn't seem like it's slowing down.
0: Well, I'd like to say that this will be the last one that we see, but <laughs> the track record just indicates that that would not be the case. But that's going to do it for this episode of Steeler Standard. When we do our next episode, we are going to take a look around the NFL. I want to look at the biggest movers and shakers this free agent period, teams that have gotten the best, teams that have stayed at Super Bowl contention level by re-signing or signing some new pieces and some teams, and the Steelers might fall into this category, that have really underwhelmed this free agency period. So we'll get into that on the next episode. For Jacob Reckton-Kelangurski, I'm Tom Offerman. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.